0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos, Atlanta Hawks King coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from a very chilly, chilly Atlanta, Georgia. And it's cold all over the country. So please be safe, be warm, check your pipes, uh, take care of your pets. Turn that heat on as things are continuing to heat up with the Atlanta Hawks. And I'm not talking about winning games. Since we last recorded, the Hawks did get a win. Over the Orlando Magic, they got revenge on them at the State Farm Arena. It was a pretty dominant game for the most part for the Hawks until the end where the Magic crept back into it and eventually took the lead. It came down to to some DeJounte Murray free throws with 1.6 seconds left to basically give the Hawks the nod, but... They blew another fourth quarter lead, but were able to hang on and win that game and eventually win the season series over the Orlando Magic 3-1. It should have been 4-0, but that's neither here nor there. The thing is, the Hawks won. Hawks won the season series, and they moved to 16-15, and 15, but then the next game... They take on the Chicago Bulls, who they beat on a buzzer beater just 10 days prior to this contest on Wednesday. And the Bulls got revenge with a last-second shot from Ayo DeSumo over Bogey. It was over Bogey. Yeah, bo- yeah. he shot the shot over Bogey. And next thing you know, John Collins is on the bottom of a dog pile because... The Hawks lost the game at home, and this game was different. The Bulls came out firing. They were up most of the game. Hawks were down by, I want to say, as much as 18 points. Yeah, they were down as much as 18 points and came back, took the lead in the fourth quarter, and got the lead up to as much as eight, and then the Bulls crept back into it. On the echo, O'Kongwu hit a shot with around four seconds left, And the rest is history for the Bulls who came into Atlanta and got revenge on the Atlanta Hawks winning 110-108. And it was a valiant effort as far as for the Hawks coming back in that game. And they showed a lot of fight, but in the end it was not enough. And after this loss, then comes an article Basically talking about the toxic situation brewing in the locker room, which a lot of people missed this article. It was on heavy sports, not as heavily, you know, distributed as far as online news goes as other sources. But this story comes out after that Chicago Bulls, well, right before the Chicago Bulls game. Right before the Chicago Bulls game, this came out on Wednesday. And then the next day, Bleacher Report comes out with a story basically saying that Trey Young could be the next superstar wanting to trade. And I know I took to Twitter saying, hey, this is probably nothing. Rival executives was the phrase used. But after talking to some sources close to the situation... This may be more than what we originally thought. And there's a lot of Hawks fans who are divided. They're defending Trey Young. They're defending Nate. They want Nate fired. Uh, they're questioning uh, I mean I'm oh, and I forgot to mention um, Travis Schlank, who was our president of basketball operations took a step back, and now he's in a senior advisory role, which elevates Landry Fields to the position. And Landry Fields has been getting more and more responsibility um, over the last year, but it was a peculiar timing right before the Bulls game. This article comes out about toxic situation brewing. Travis Schlank steps back in his role, Hawks lose, and then this story comes out. So as much as I want to talk about basketball on this podcast, and we will talk a little bit about basketball, there's so many other things swirling around this team that some people want to hear, some people don't want to hear. Some people just want to say, you know what? This is on Naaman Mellon. We we want to, we need to fire Naaman Mellon. And if things were to go certain ways your wish will be granted it will be but not for the reasons that you think it has nothing to do with on court play some people as soon as the the news came out about the spat disagreement between Trey Young and Dame Millen you were quick to take Trey Young's side me i took a step back and realized that both parties were at fault You should never give an alternate to your uh, star player. You got to figure out how to communicate effectively to them. But as a star player and a franchise player, you got to be more of a team player and make some sacrifices and swallow your pride. And both guys never swallowed their pride. And according to the article from Heavy Sports, the relationship between Damon Millen and Trey Young has deteriorated since that disagreement. And this is certainly a team that is hitting a lot of turbulence. You bring on Ajante Murray to boast of this roster. You're at 500 right now. About 39% of the season through. You're ninth in the Eastern Conference. You've had a slew of injuries that have not helped. John Collins' trade rumors continues to swirl. And this is a team that has not Founder collective stride because there is so much dissent in the locker room, and people really just want to isolate it between Trey Young and Nate McMillan. It goes deeper than that, guys. It's ownership, it's management, it's players on the team who are calling this situation toxic. And it, from what people are saying in the organization, it's only getting worse, unfortunately, and that has more to do with your inconsistent play than than the X's and O's. The house is not in order in Atlanta, and I hate saying it. I hate I. I spoke to too soon. I felt like Matt Barnes. It wasn't like I was protecting anybody. I I said, you know what I mean. Rival executives was the verbiage used in the Bleacher Report that was broke by Chris Haynes. I'm like, rival executives, I mean, it didn't come from Trey himself. But then I did some more digging and talking to some more people. And there's some speculation that the verbiage used in the timing, as far as the article for Bleacher Report, could be attributed to protecting the image of Trey Young. It could have came from Trey Young's camp potentially. Now that's not confirmed nor denied, but I have to give you all the angles. That's what I'm supposed to do. But there are issues on this team certainly, and like I said, it started with the disagreement as far as handling shoulder so- soreness from Trey Young's part. Him opting out of shoot around. Nate wanted him to go to shoot around. He didn't like that. He gave an alternatum, come off the bench or don't come to the game. He took option two and didn't come to the game. DeJounte Murray scored 34 points. Hawks had seven players in double digits. They look great as a team, and they won over the uh, Denver Nuggets. Like sir said, we, we talked about the internal movement. Tr- pr- team president Travis Schlenk is now bumped into a senior advisor role, and he'll be placed by Landry Fields, who played in the NBA, so that's good. There was another report that some people have disputed that Trey Young directed quote unquote salty language toward the sideline after Naaman Millen called a play and reportedly took, and then Trey Young took a long three pointer when Naaman Millen signaled for him to dribble the ball towards the bench for a timeout, which I've seen time and time again. I'm not going to lie. I've seen times where Naaman Millen's close. Those people, those timeouts that you want to name in the call. I have seen them close to the uh, referee about to call a timeout. And then you see Trey Young shoot a three. I've seen it. You can contribute to, hey, the other team's on the run. I just need to get a shot off to see if I can kill that momentum. But I can see this as well. And like I said, there's people who say that that's BS. And that's, that that is what it is. But, the, the Heavy Sports article talked about how it really is a Jekyll and Hyde situation. When they win, everyone's happy for one minute. But when they lose, it gets messy. And instead of trying to figure it out, there's a lot of blame being thrown around. And a source in this article said that, I know that there's a big problem between Nevin Millen and Trey Trey Young. And Ray Young is reportedly involved. Now, Ray Young's been on Twitter, you know, defending his son, saying that hey, he just wants to win in Atlanta. Um, He's saying all the right things and refuting some of these stories. And that's what that father does. And I don't blame him at all. I mean, you got to protect your son. You got to protect your kid. Protect your child. I get it. But with these stories continually to circulate, it It dawns on me that there might be some validity to this, whether we want to believe it or not. There's a lot of people who are Trey Young fans. I'm a fan of him, too. Defying the odds, despite his stature, people not liking how he played in college, people thinking that he wouldn't make it in the NBA, and he's played with a chip on his shoulder, which I love. I love it. Prove the doubt was wrong. You turn yourself into an all-NBA player, an NBA all-star. You got paid. There's nothing taken away from Trey Young's game. He's been playing better the last few games. He's playing closer to old Trey Young. And in the Bulls game, hell, in the first half, he was the only reason why they were staying afloat was his three-point shooting. This was his best three-point shooting game by far this year. I mean, against the Bulls in 38 minutes, he had 34 points. He was 9 of 24 from the floor, but he was 7 of 14 from three. Added six assists, six rebounds, one steal. Did have five turnovers, but I mean, hey, he was the only offense at certain points early in the first half, and then everybody else got it going. And then you get a Yeko and Connolly who give you 18 and 11 in the start in five blocks. He had a tremendous game. Tremendous game against the Bulls. John Collins only gets five sh- shots. You guys know how I feel about that. rebounds, 1 assist. He was only 2 of 5 from the floor. DeAndre Hunter, who the franchise admittedly likes a little bit more than John Collins, and he gets more touches than John Collins. He had 10 field goal attempts, was 4 10 from the floor, 0 4 from 3. Finished with 10 points, 9 rebounds, which I love the rebounds. 2 assists, 2 blocks. He was plus 10. Him and Okongu had the highest plus minuses in that Bulls game. DeJounte Murray, who's still trying to get back into a rhythm. He was 7-17 from the floor for 15 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds. Him and Trey Young both combined for 10 turnovers. You got to have that backcourt get less than 8 turnovers, in my opinion, for your team to win. So that's something that continues to need to be worked on. A.J. Griffin, who knocked some big threes in the second half, especially in that fourth quarter to help take the lead. He had 14 points off the bench. And Bogey, who's been struggling the last few games shooting the ball, had 13 points. So you got a few players in double digits. You come back from a deficit. You weather the storm of, you know, DeMar DeRozan getting 28. Vucevic having a really good game. Probably one of his better games against the Hawks in the last two years. 20.7 rebounds. 22 points from Zach Levine. They didn't get a ton from everybody else. I mean, Kobe White gave you 10 off the bench, and Patrick Williams gave you 11. But they got out to the lead. The Hawks fought back, and they fall short. They fall short. Bulls played really good defense, and the Hawks just missed a lot of shots. They ended up shooting forty three, just under 43% from the floor. The Hawks did, but it was much worse in the first half. The Bulls, on the other hand, shot 50% from the floor. Hawks shot just under 38% from three. They've been improving from three since the bogey return. They've been improving. They're not towards the bottom of the NBA. They're creeping up. They're in the upper 20s. In a few more games on the belt, they might be in the teens. So the three-point shooting is getting better thanks to having bogey back. Bogey's been the X factor as far as offensively, this team looking better and playing better offensively. You have another shot maker, a shot creator. It's what's... What they missed early in the season. They didn't get to the free throw line enough. I I don't think they ever get a free free throw line enough in my opinion. They had 22 team assists. They moved the ball around. 15 turnovers. They had more turnovers than the Bulls. And the Bulls scored 14 points off those Hawks turnovers. I mean, when you look at the numbers, they're pretty even. It's just. It came down to one play. It came down to one play. Same thing in the Magic game. You had to lead most of the game. The Magic come back. And it came down to one play. Dejounte Murray getting a foul. So as a team, the Hawks are not far, far from being the team that we all thought they were going to be. Especially because they haven't had everybody healthy. They're not far. Like I said, Trey Young's been playing much better. Last two games, he's been on a tear. In that Magic game, he had 37 points, 13 assists. Tremendous game. 13 assists, four turnovers. Great assist to turnover ratio for Trey Young. That game, he had one of the higher plus-minuses on the team. He was top five. five. Sorry, top four. Top four and plus-minus. Murray gives you 17 points. That was his first game back. John Collins in his first game back gives you 12 points on seven uh, field goal attempts, seven rebounds, three assists, one steal. Hunter had a good game, 16 points. Bogey struggled, had 10, but then you get 11 and eight off the bench for Congo with two blocks. And you get 19 for A.J. Griffin off the bench with seven rebounds. So you're seeing this team, everyone healthy. We're still missing Capella. Capella is questionable for Friday for tonight's game. So we could get Capella back, which could stabilize the defense. Now you have your starting lineup back. You have your bench carved out. You've had players who've played because of injury and now playing with more confidence. The Hawks, as a team on the court, if they can get it together between Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, and that's going to be continue to be a work in progress because obviously DeJounte Murray was hurt for two weeks. And now they gotta rework on their chemistry and their spacing. They're close. But it's just all this other stuff that's going on in the locker room. That's going on in the organization. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that after this quick plug! Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little Fantasy Hoops. Now, I don't know about you, I'm in several Fantasy Leagues, and every Fantasy League that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary, and I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a Fantasy Basketball Championship. Do you remember who led you to... Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges, before any other ranked list, I know which one, is the Brewski's 150. And you probably turn those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access to, in less than a week, head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues, beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. Like I said, on the court, the Hawks are close. Yes, you barely win over the Magic, but the Magic were on a, what, six or seven game winning streak when you beat them. They were playing good basketball. The Bulls were highly motivated. It took one play. It took one play, and, and a comeback effort from the Hawks. It came down to one play, and Okongo made the shot to take the lead. It was just a very tough shot by Ayo Somo to win the game. It was just a very tough shot. So they're close, and now they get a Pistons team that is only won eight games, and I'm not trying to discredit them because you know the Hawks have already lost the teams that they're supposed to beat. But you get a Pistons team at home before you have a few days off for the Christmas holiday. So, and potentially getting Capella back, you have a chance to get back above 500 going into Christmas break, You get some time apart, and you can regroup and recollect. You have some games at home next week. But, again, the turmoil in the locker room, it's real whether people want to believe it or not. It's real. It is real. People think that the national media wants to tear apart the Hawks. That's not the case. The Hawks are tearing themselves apart for what I'm hearing. That's a tough pill to swallow. You may say this or that about oh well, he's not Brad's not a true friend, fan anyway. Um, he he blah blah blah. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing, and what we're hearing now is that <laughs> Trey Young and David Millen do not like each other right now, and the players of course, reportedly, so many other players are having issues with Trey Young as well. It's not a good situation. The team's struggling from what. This article is saying from a source, and we don't know who these sources are, which sucks. Sometimes it is rival executives trying to um, speak ill will on the other team. So that's why I try to be hesitant on any any of this. But if I keep hearing it multiple times from multiple people, there has to be some validity to it. I mean, for real. They said, Naaman Millen could get fired. And... Like I said the likelihood of trey young being traded with his contract is highly unlikely i mean he's the face of the franchise i mean he's going to be making he's making 37 million this year he's going to make 40 million next year 43 the year after that 46 million after that and 49 million after that that's a difficult contract to trade so i don't know if they would trade trey young i'm i'm just going to say that now it's easier to take a coach out than to trade a contract like Trey Youngs especially when he's a star player yes his career his field goal percentage this year is low his career low his three-point shooting percentage is a career low as well he's shooting twenty nine percent on three for people who are high volume three-point shooters is one of the worst if not the worst in the NBA right now he's been playing better lately but And he's been making threes better, but it's not good. And now he's had problems with Lloyd Pearson. He's out. Now he's having problems with Neyman Millen. Two is a coincidence. So some of you guys will be like, you know what? It is the coach. But some people see it as a pattern. Two coaches, you reportedly have problems with two coaches Sometimes you got to look back and say maybe it's maybe it's Trey, maybe it is Trey, maybe it is Trey. I mean, you got to call it. You got to call it a spade a spade. And people talk about trading John Collins. His usage has gone down. That's on. That's on. You know, Trey Young, and that's on Damon Miller. That's on the coaching staff. You have to make him more of a focal point, but his trade value has gone down because of your lack of usage. You're making him think he's not a good player, or you're making it carve out to think that he's not a good player when he is, but he's just not getting touches. And now, the contract he's getting, the Hawks are not going to get return on investment for him now. They're not. He's played well for them, he's been a pro- productive player, but the production is down. Because you have two ball-dominant guards. And then you have bogey back. You have three ball-dominant guards. Which means John Collins is not going to get the same usage. It's going to continue to go down. They love uh, Hunter. And they love Griffin. But and you have a team that's afraid to pay the luxury tax. So they're not going to spend money. So the hawks have tough decisions to make. Do they value money? Their, the owner's money? or do they value putting a better product on the court that's really going to tr- actually attempt to win? Because it sucks, his usage is down. John Collins usage is down. He's shooting. <laughs> his percentage has gone like down like t- over 22 percent the last few years. It's clear that, you know, he's a consummate professional and he's not going to show his frustrations, but he's not happy. He wants to touch the ball. Any NBA starter, any good player wants to touch the ball. And it's killing this team. It's killing this team. Like I said, the timing of the article coming out, that article that I just referred to, the heavy sports article, and then the Bleach Report article comes out the day after. And ironically, three of the players that are on there is from Clutch Sports. Ironically. But the article talks about struggling to find chemistry. They haven't been able to recapture that magic in that Eastern Conference Finals run. They've had injuries. They've made some questionable moves and personnel. And they went and got DeJounte Murray, which Trey Young encouraged. But they're still problems in the locker room which you can't put that on Ajante Murray he just got there he just got there Travis Schlenk who was reassigned by Atlanta ownership to an advisor role and now Landry Fields is going to have to manage his roster which reportedly Trey Young and Landry Fields do have a great relationship and they meet routinely based on this article so that's good that's good right there So maybe you can get back on track. Uh, Fields has a green light, apparently, from ownership to do whatever is necessary to acquire upgrades. But the hard part is executing, like this article says. It's going to be hard-pressed to get return value from John Collins. It is. And according to a source that I have, because I asked the source... Was Travis Schlank's moving of roles tied to, you know, Trey's apparent relationship with Fields and appeasing that? And for what I was told, Travis Schlank was softly pushed out because of the following reasons. Reportedly, Travis Schlank doesn't believe that you can win a championship with Trey Younger's focal point. That's reason number one. Reason number two, he feels that DeJounte Murray should be the team focal point. I kind of agree with him there. As far as running the offense, I kind of agree with him there. The third reason, he didn't want to trade John Collins. He drafted John Collins. He doesn't want to trade him. I don't want to trade John Collins. But ownership has other things in mind. Number four, ownership would rather duck the luxury tax and get a16 $6 million dollar million reimbursement in August from luxury tax from the luxury tax paying the team. And ownership is just too involved right now in personnel decisions. Those are the reasons that I was told that I was told why Travis Schlank was softly pushed, pushed out of his role. Very telling. Very telling. There's a lot of issues going on behind the scenes. And it starts at the top, ownership, management. And it's trickling downward. They're trying to appease Trey Young. And some of you guys, I understand, want Name Miller out. I get it. But at some point, we have to realize that If the same person's name keeps coming up in the midst of stories. Maybe they're not the solution. Maybe they're the problem. This is all speculation at this point. But. Some of this stuff is concrete. And I'm not going to put down Trey Young on his program. Because I know what type of player he is. And how hard he's worked to get to where he is. But he's going to have to work a little bit harder. To. Re earn the trust of the people in the locker room, even if Trey, uh, even if of uh, Milling gets fired. It seems like that trust is fractured in the locker room. There's a lack of accountability, there's some dissent. I personally think DeJounte Murray needs to run the offense more. I do. And make Trey Young more off the ball, a scoring guard who can create for others. But apparently that gets you pushed out by ownership, that thought process. So, it remains to be seen. Like I said, on the court, this team is close. Getting everybody back, having the dog days of the end of December and January to work through this. They could put something together. A long road trip where they can just kind of just... Focus on each other, spend time on a team plane, a team hotel, do some rebonding, rekindling of relationships, of trust, and kind of rehabilitate the vibe in the locker room so you can make a playoff push. I think it's certainly possible. But as I said before on this program, it's going to have to come down to Trey Young. Finding a way to put his pride aside, along with Nate McMillan's pride aside, to have a better working relationship for the sake of the locker room. We'll see what Landry Fields, who used to play in the NBA, who's been through it. And it seems like some players can have those conversations with Landry Fields because he's been through the rigor that is the NBA. Only 5,000 players have played in the NBA In its lifetime of of the league being in existence. So that's a small fraternity of people. Landry Fields has been through it. He comes from a good organization, the Spurs. So we'll see what moves he makes. And if there are moves to be made, there may be. But I'll tell you one thing, we're not gonna get return on investing in John Collins. We're not gonna trade Trey Young, despite what that report says. They have to figure out how to make this work before it is past the point of return. I don't know if it's past the point of return, but certainly these articles come out, they don't pay Trey Young in 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 a wonderful fashion. It further pushes the narrative that was started after that spat of Nate McMillan probably won't be here much longer. And that's a damn shame. Because he is not the root of the issue at hand. He would just be the fall guy, the scapegoat. Because you can fire a coach easier than you can trade a player with a a large contract. And I'm not saying we need to trade Trey Young. I'm saying leadership needs to be developed quickly. Pride needs to be put aside for the sake of this team because you're close. You're not as far off as people think as a team. You're not. This team is almost as healthy as it's been all year, especially if Capella can come back tonight. They're close, but they have to get through this turbulence. It's a bumpy ride right now. Very bumpy ride, not a smooth flight. You're flying cross country, cross the ocean, a long flight, that's the NBA season. Weather the turbulence, steer your course appropriately, and maybe, just maybe, you can salvage this thing to make a playoff run to get back in the top six because Eastern Conference is close. It's close. Even though the Hawks are sitting at ninth, I want to say, in the Eastern Conference, and I'm pulling up the standings right now as we're recording. They're eighth. The Hawks are eighth right now in the Eastern Conference. They're two games back from the Knicks, which is rough to say. They're two games back from the Knicks at six. You're three games back from the 76ers at five. There's been some teams surging. The 76ers, the Cavaliers, and the Nets, they're surging right now. So there's an opportunity to creep back into this. But you lose a game here and there. If the Hawks lose a game tonight, they can drop the ninth. They can drop the ninth. So things need to get sorted out. And like I said, it's from the top down. They made moves. Travis schlank has been reverted to a senior advisor role. Landry Fields, the ball's in your court now. What are you going to do? As president of basketball operations, what are you going to do? Trey Young, what are you going to do? Damon Miller, what are you going to do? DeJounte Murray, who I think needs to be the leader of this team, what are you going to do? What are they going to do with Collins. What are you going to get for him if you make a trade? There's more questions than answers at this point. But at this point, it comes down to grown men putting their differences aside, their egos aside, to try to see eye to eye and make this work. You're on this team. This is the team you got, this is the roster you got. There's only one ball to go around, there's people that need to be fed, they need touches. And we've seen when they play team basketball, they can beat almost anybody in the league. They can. But when it's hero ball and there is dissension and poor decision-making as far as running the offense and turnovers, that goes on Murray and Young because they've been turning the ball over a lot this year. It creates dysfunction and a lack of trust. With the pieces they have here. Travis Knight didn't trust what we have here anymore. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think Trey Young. Can lead us to a title by his own. Doesn't mean I don't think he can get to an NBA title. He almost did. But it's going to take trusting your teammates. Enabling your teammates. So that's something that he has to work on. Because I certainly believe in him as a player. And we've seen the greatness that he's shown. You got DeJounte Murray. That's your role, dog. That's a good alpha second option. You have a really good defender at Capella when healthy who can rebound the ball. And I think he stabilizes your team. You have a, a stretch four in John Collins that you need to utilize more. DeAndre Hunter has been taking steps this year, being a consistent scorer. You have Bogey off the bench. You have a surprise in A.J. Griffin, your draft pick. And you have some vets on the the bench. Not the best bench in the world, but having Bogey, A.J., Jalen Johnson, Okongwu on your bench, that's a pretty solid bench. We may not be great in um, the three deep, But two deep were pretty solid. Maybe not a championship roster right now. Maybe there is a move to be made. Only Landry Fields can can do that now. So we'll see how they respond tonight. Tough loss against the Bulls. Lessons learned. But they have the Pistons tonight. Capella could be back. How are they going to respond? Excited to see. And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. You know the drill. Share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans. Does not matter. Put them on. You're not going to be outside a lot today across the nation. You might as well be indoors listening to this podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. You know the drill. Follow us on Twitter at EthosHawks on Twitter it's at EthosHawks. And then follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jared 67. That's Brad J A R R E T T 67. Maybe some people questioning some of the stuff in this podcast because they don't like dissent and may think I'm adding to the dissent that I have no, no control over as far as adding fuel to the fire. The fire is already in the midst of the, uh, the organization. I'm just reporting what I hear right now. But. You guys know me, I'm a glass half full person. There's still time to change this around. There's still time. So we'll see how they respond. So we'll catch you guys next time. You guys stay warm, stay safe. And as always, let's go hard.